All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. All right, folks, we're in good spirits this evening. You know what I mean? We got the spirits with us. Uh, we got the fans with us this evening, Ray. How you how you feel about that? Sounds good. Sounds real good. Sounds real good. Now, nobody can really see this visual, but Ray is rocking an outfit that I love, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start wearing it everywhere. All right, cool beans. So, uh, for anybody that d- does not remember or recall, this week uh, is the week that we answer some questions that we uh, put up to y'all. Um, through the social medias, you know, we, we, we reached out to some sites and our page, uh, a couple pay, other pages, and we, re- we reached out to see you know, uh, get some questions to answer. Uh, we do a little almost Q&A type episode, you know what I mean? Some questions from beyond the social media grave type stuff, you know what I mean? Some people say social media is a graveyard, you know what I mean? You know, so you never can tell. So, Ray, you excited about this? Oh, yeah, I want to see what they, I'm curious to uh, see what people are interested in, what they want answers for. All right, I took a brief look at this in the in the past while I was drawing them all down onto one piece of paper. Uh, some things I feel like we have addressed in the past, but uh, it's okay to go over them again because that just means there's more people listening from that episode. I, I, I gander, you know what I mean? Which is a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing, orange tang. All right, here we go now. And without further ado, we'll roll into question numero and that question is from Mark S. I won't do full last names in case they get stalked. In case somebody doesn't like their their question, we don't want no follow up trouble. All right, uh, uh, where did you guys meet? I should check these off as we as we go through them. All right, where did we meet, Ray? Do you want to take that one, or do you want me to roll? Because we probably both have the same story. We both have the same story. You can take that one. All right. We met officially. We, we met in the acting and the filmmaking world. I think I think the first time we ever met, Ray was acting in a film that I was a producer on. Um, and then I loved Ray so much that I had to bring him into my next film, uh, which was an Insomniac short, an award-winning Insomniac short called Insomniac. Uh, it's on Boombastic Media's YouTube page right now for free if you want to take a peek at it. And um, from there, you know, on the set of that, me and Ray got to talking. I've always been a big fan of the paranormal stuff. Ray's always been, you know, a big fan of the paranormal stuff and a little more deeper than just being a fan. Um, so we had a lot of conversation strike up with that. And, you know, from that, uh, I've always wanted to kind of do a paranormal podcast show. Um, you know, I've, since the beginning of podcasts, I've wanted to do podcasts. I've loved the whole medium and the idea of it, but it was one of those things that I just, you know, the tech, I didn't know the technology and all that stuff. And, you know, this was a little bit before it was made as easy as zoom, you know what I mean? Zoom's made things a little, a lot easier for people to do podcasts. But before that, I didn't know the deal. I slowly kind of, uh, came into doing podcasts through a show, a radio show first, actually called, 
uh, Shot Creep was Mel and Maddie, and, you know, that kind of got me real comfortable with the aspect of podcasting. And then when I realized it was time to do a paranormal podcast, I said, who would be the greatest co-host in the world? Not just that, but probably even a better person for the show than myself. I said, well, that would only be one man, Mr. Ray Booten. And I hit, the, I hit him up, and I said, let's do it, and he was down, and that is the birth that is the that is not only how we met which is i think what the question was but that is the actual birth of mostly ghostly ladies and gentlemen what do you think red you got anything to add well when i met you i was impressed with your filmmaking and you as a person otherwise i wouldn't have kept working with you and you. uh when you brought up the whole paranormal podcast thing I thought about it. I said, if there's anyone I want to do it with, it's going to be you. And uh, yeah, I did. I decided to run with it and I've been enjoying it. It's good. It's fun times. You know, I mean, it, we do a weekly show. It doesn't feel like, uh, like as much of, you know, as much work as it, 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 it probably is because I get to work with the great reboot. And you know what I mean? <laughs> Beautiful things. <laughs> So thank you to Ray Boot and all our fans out there. Next up. So Mark S., I hope that answers your question. All right. Next up, um, from Stephen B., he wants to know what our first paranormal experiences were. Ray, I'll let you go first on that one. Oh, first paranormal. Oh, that, uh, you have to go back to my childhood. Yeah. Um, I had several when I was very young as a child. Um, I can remember one time looking, uh, I think it was an old kind of burnt out abandoned church. I used to go exploring a lot, uh, lived in a small town, which I moved back to, but it was much smaller than half the population is now. And, uh, went to explore, a so-called haunted church. It was all kind of broken down, disarray. There was some things still there. There was a statue in there. I don't remember what it was, but I was looking at it from the side and mm. uh, the head turned and looked at me. Yeah. And that was, that kind of freaked me out. I left. Uh, after that, uh, I'd probably say I was uh, visiting my sister with my family and uh, she lived in a, she used to tell us about where she lived, which was a haunted house, like the faucets would turn on when no one's in there. Yeah. And she's discussing it. And there was an access to the attic, but there was only one door and you could see it from the room we were sitting in and we could hear footsteps. Now, my father was a disbeliever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, who's upstairs? No one. Man, this is something common for my sister. And so my father and I decided to go upstairs and investigate. And so we're, we're walking. It was enough room to walk uh, down the middle. And we're walking, looking to see if there's anything in there. It was pretty much open. No place for anybody to hide. We hear, we hear footsteps behind us. Mm-hmm. We turn around. There's no one there. We walk down the other end, stop, look around. There's footsteps behind us. This happened several times. <laughs> And then uh, basically uh, my father and I came downstairs, closed the door and never said anything about it afterwards. It was kind of like, okay, the footsteps were following us. And it was kind of like, follow us down one end, 
We turn around, there's no one there. We walk and they're following us again. That happened two or three times and kind of just left the room and said, nope, okay, uh, what's for dinner? Uh, I think it was Thanksgiving, you know, it was something like, is the turkey ready? Uh, <laughs> Why do you think people have that reaction to stuff like that where they just want to forget that they ever seen it and not talk about it? They don't want their world uh, turned upside down. They don't want to question. They don't want to. They're very comfortable where they are, and they don't want to think that uh, there's something out there that goes against necessarily their be- what might be their beliefs. Um, because then you have to start rethinking everything. You have to start saying, okay, if there are ghosts, then there's spirits. Maybe some are trapped here. Maybe, and all these other questions come up, and it's easier to just say, and plus it's out of their control. Yeah. If someone likes something in their control, they don't want to hear about anything out of their control. So you put all that together, and it's kind of like, it's, nope, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. They don't want to start going into thinking into those areas outside of uh, what their life is and what they've always believed. And, uh, yeah, it's and it's a little creepy. <coughs> Excuse me, can scare you. And people just stay away. Just wanna. Some people just want to stay away from that. They'd rather just live in their in the world uh, that they know mm. and not question, not question it. Yeah, it's interesting. You see, there's a lot of different things. It must just be like a human fault or you know some human trait that you know one of those deals I, my first paranormal experience i would have to chalk up to you know i think i was like five or six um i remember uh at the time i was living with you know my mom and i were living with my grandmother and uh, all her brothers and sisters and um my uncle jimmy you know uh he, he was out for the evening uh, so like uh, he had a cool room. So whenever he was out for the evening, I'd try and stay in his bed like a big cool cat. You know what I mean? So long story short is I'm sleeping in a bed and right by the bed, there's this window. And um, I have, I start having this, what I, what, what I appear to be a dream, what appears to be a dream here where in the nightmare, I, I kind of, I look over at the window and in the window, I see this yellow hand coming up the window. Like first I see the fingers you know, then I see, start to see the palm of the hand. Then I start to see the wrist. Then I start to see the forearm. And I remember like shaking myself up awake and uh, looking over to the window and the hand was still in the window coming up. You know, now it was, it was approaching, you know, the elbow and stuff. And I remember I didn't want to see whatever that thing's face looked like. So I jumped out of bed and I ran downstairs and I'd say that was probably the first unexplainable, weird, paranormal thing I remember as a kid. I have, you know, stories for days about throughout life, but um, that was the first paranormal thing. And I guess you would chalk that off as paranormal. And we talked about that in the show before and um, that house kind of underneath that window um, there was a, there was a story, at least it was, uh, at least it was a, it was a story, you know, I don't I don't know the full facts on it, but I, I heard the story that there was a, there was a, uh, a, 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 there was, there was actual bones found. The dog dug up bones. That was real deal. The dog dug up bones. And the story that went with it was the story of, you know, how there was, there was a mother whose son went off to one of the wars. And when he came back, like she was very protective. And when he came back, he came back with a wife uh, or a girl he was to wed. 
Um, and the story went that he, the mother w- was so upset and distraught over the fact that she was going to lose her son, that she killed her son and buried him in, in, in the basement type stuff. So that was the story. And then with that conversation we had on this show once, we we started diving deeper and I brought up the th- thing about the white, the yellow gloves maybe being symbolic of like the color of flowers he'd get her on Mother's Day or something where like the yellow, because it was like yellow dishwashing gloves, which was weird. And this was, this is three stories off the ground where this isn't just Uncle Jimbo pretending to be out for the night messing with me as a kid you know what i mean there was no way that <laughs> this was buffy the vampire this was uh what's his name uh floating but floating this is david arquette floating out the window type stuff this wasn't no uh yeah this wasn't no trick being pulled but that's the first paranormal thing i remember you know what i mean that always stuck with me. um so yeah we hope that steve b we hope that answered your deal all right next up uh, what's our favorite fabled monster, Ray, from Amy G? Now, the fabled monster thing, when I read this, this is going to be done. Uh, are you going like horror, like horror filmy almost where you got, you know, you Draculas, werewolves, Frankensteins, like that fabled monster? You're going more into Sasquatch, Chubacabra type, you know, right-handed hitchhiker to keep it local, like like a ghoul type deal. So I'm thinking for this, maybe we should answer both of like both. So Ray, like as far as ghoul, like Hollywood ghoul, we'll call it. As far as far as a Hollywood ghoul, who's your favorite Hollywood monster? Well, I'd have to say that uh, what I tend to favor covers both categories. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I like the idea, and it has many different names in different cultures, but I like the idea of the shapeshifter. Okay. Shapeshifters, um, I mean, that crosses several areas. Technically, you could say a werewolf is a shapeshifter. Right. And you could probably run a long list of things that appear, appear to be one thing and then either change over or actually something else. And that, that's, that has been a favorite of mine, <coughs> excuse me, in films. Mm-hmm where there's something there and suddenly it morphs into something else and, uh, you know, typically rips someone apart. Mm. I also like it in the legends where uh, something appears as, as one thing. And then uh, the evil comes out, it shifts into something, whether it's a, a beast or some, a demon from another dimension. Yeah. I like the shape shifting uh, aspect there because it covers a lot of, a lot of ground. Uh, Native Americans have shapeshifters. Middle East has shapeshifters. Europe with their with their uh, werewolf and other tales. It's just so common that I'm going to have to say, yeah, there are shapeshifters, and that's a favorite. Whether it shows up in a movie or whether it shows up in uh, real life, that's a favorite of mine. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, you know, um, with stuff like that. But for I'll go, you know, fabled monsters. To if we were going to Hollywood, I'd probably say either Frankenstein or maybe even Dracul. Um, if we want to go more uh, folklore and such, crypto, I'd probably go something more uh, dimensional demon type deal or um, something crypto dimensional, not quite Bigfoot, but a lot, but if it was big, more of a demonic looking Bigfoot, like a, um, like a New Jersey devil type deal or something like that. Like those things that are, they look almost alien. They're creatures. They're not furry. I don't dig the furry look. 
when it comes to crypto stuff. I'm more of the reptilians. Fleshy look is more creepier to me. So like, and I'm going strictly off of creepiness factor, not exactly what I'd want to deal with or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'd probably say some weird crypto hybrid human mashup type weird thing or like a interdimensional demon. Cause you know, also a plug Insomniac again, our, our short film Insomniac on Boss, uh, Boombastic Media YouTube page deals with interdimensional demons. So I'll put that in there and everybody go check that out to get the full vibe. Um, so Amy, we hope we, uh, we hope we satisfied your, your, your question with an answer, a good answer on that. Um, next up from Chris W. Uh, what do you believe ghosts are? Do you want to take this one first or me? Uh, you can go. I'm curious to see what you think they are after all this time. After all this time, you know, I, I feel ghosts are, you know, I think that they're uh, the energy left behind, the imprints uh, left behind of folks that go out hard um, before their time in violent ways. Um and I think it's a, a spiritual, you know, it's there. I think it's p- almost pictures, you know, the, the rotations when we talk about the cycles, they continue to do the same deal. I almost think they're that. And I'm starting, I th- feel like the things that are out of rot. I think those are the ghosts, but the things that are more newer stuff and not really following a habit, I think those are probably more a demonic negative energy thing. What about you, Ryan? How you feel? Was, was that a good answer or no? Well, I think that the the energy imprints, the residual hauntings, are not really a ghost. They're, they're just in the, like you said, the energy imprint of something yeah. that occurred there. It just occurs again and again. Yeah. I think as far as ghosts, um, I think those are the spirits of those that are trapped here for one reason or another, whether it is um, through trauma, through not letting go of this life. Yeah. I think that there's actually an active energy there, a presence which you can interact with. Yeah. Uh, the, the example um, I'll give is that um, of something that's active. When I was uh, exploring the Ohio Reformatory, I went into a cell and I had a recorder and uh, I was in there and I said, okay, I'm here now. And I didn't listen to record it till afterwards. I said something else after that, and I left. And later on, when I listened to it, and there was no one in there, in that cell with me. Yeah. It, what the recorder picks up a voice saying, "This is our place." And then, after the second statement I made, it said, "Get out." Yeah. Uh, I don't see that as an imprint. I see that more like the spirit of the soul trapped there. Yeah, because it it reacted to what I said, you know, like, hey, I'm in your cell. This is our place. Okay, Uh, (laughs) it's kind of whoa. Yeah, well, get out. Okay, so so I distinguish between the imprint and the uh, residual haunting, Mm -hmm. and an active spirit that may be trapped there. Um, As far as the demonic, I think that that is. Yeah, that is a demonic using our idea of a ghost or uh, using our the culture, the folklore that we've built up around ghosts to trick us, to interact with us, to yeah. potentially um, 
come after us or trap us. So I think that with me, I put it in three, three categories, like residual or imprint, active spirits, and deceptive demonic. I'll call it that, deceptive demonic, the double D. Yeah. I look at it almost like if you are inside your kitchen putting away groceries and you see a ghost, if you see something move across the floor, that's a ghost. But I feel like if you're now at the grocery store and you see that same thing following you down the hall, down down the aisle, I feel like that's more of a demonic deal. Like I feel like a ghost is more um, there. And then the demonic thing's more kind of allure, like, you know, tag on to you type deal. Like, I don't think a ghost would follow you. Maybe it would, but I don't think a ghost would follow you. I think that'd be more of a negative energy that would follow you. But a ghost is something that you would, you would just glance, you would, you would catch out of the corner of your eye moving on a Saturday morning. You know what I mean? That just, for no reason, you just happen to see something move across and it goes into that whole, you know, the, 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 the routines, the pattern type deal. But the stuff that's more hook into you, um, follow you around, be with you, be that, you know, that dark cloud over you. That's definitely some demon type stuff, some bad energy. I, I, I agree that that's, that's the negative energy. I mean, the, the ghost is, uh, also, if you're looking at most hauntings, they tend to be limited to a place and that's because of the attachment the person had there or what the event that happened there. And so a place is haunted, so to speak. And But something that's negative or demonic is not going to limit itself to one location. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to track you down. It's going to follow you. It's going to lure you in. I agree with you in that. One moves and one's, one's stationary. Yeah. So we hope we answered your question, Chris. Um, here's an interesting one. I think we've talked about this before. Uh, Mary B wants to know, can drinking holy water heal sickness? Drinking holy water heals sickness. I have a quick answer and I'll let you get into it. I think it's a um, positive thing, positive vibes. So if you were having positive vibes, drinking that holy water, thinking you believe in the work that it can do in your body, that I think that it can help you positive. I think a lot of it, a lot of sickness and stuff is in your mind when that's why when people are real positive about beating things, I think they have a better chance of beating them. So in that sense of it, I do, I think it all depends on where your belief lies. Like if you don't care about, if you don't care about Jesus and all that and and God and all that, like you're, then holy water ain't going to work on you. You know what I mean? It's like vampire stuff, you know? But if you believe that there's power within it, even if you're just believing in the power that's really within yourself or something, within your, your mind telling your body to work overtime on fighting shit, then uh, it's all the same. You know, I, I kind of put it in the same deal. What's your opinion, Ray? I think that the holy water becomes the, mech- the mechanism for the healing. And yes, you must have the faith yeah. and you must have the belief in it. And when you do, you open yourself up for the healing. Some of it coming from within and some of it possibly uh, connection on a higher level to the healing that's the universe or the, the healing that's the divine, which is a universe. So once you've got that mindset, then yeah, the holy water becomes, a, becomes an effective tool yeah. to accelerate or amplify that healing inside of you. If you don't have that, I don't think much of anything. I mean, if, if you're to the point where 
uh, everything is, you've accepted that everything is lost and over, then whether it be holy water or the best treatment, medical treatment in the world is still not going to work because internally you're going to start destroying yourself. Well, they know scientists have done uh, research where they've showed that stress and we all know stress destroys the body, whether it's high blood pressure, it creates inflammation, it uh, destroys different organs and systems in the body. So if you can have that much negative tearing your body down, you can flip it over and turn the positive into healing your body and getting rid of it, getting rid of a lot. And like I said, the, the holy water for that spiritual person becomes the uh, tool that activates that healing, that uh, allows the healing to come in. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. It's all about the faith that you have in a thing. Realistically, not to be funny, you could have holy slippers as well, where if you had you know, arthritis in your feet or whatever, and you really believed it, and you had a, a priest or a pastor or whatever do a blessing over slippers, you put them slippers on your feet, and be the same deal. It's all about the faith that you put in the object. It's faith is the key to the whole deal, you know, the faith and, and all that. And it's not it's not the item, you know what I mean? Um, cool, you agree? You want to add anything else? Uh, no, faith, faith is a, a very big thing. Yeah. Uh, I also believe that for myself, my a personal belief is that we were we're on this earth and that the mechanisms for healing and for maintenance are here and they were given to us by the divine. I mean whether it that be herbs, uh any foods, whatever. And they're all part of uh that greater plan. We have made may have gotten away from it from pro- with processed foods and chemicals, etc. But I think a combination of believing that faith in yourself and a higher power, along with using the things that that higher power gave us, um, these things in nature that were placed there to help us, to help us heal, to help us uh, perform in an optimal way, Using these things and believing in them and yourself is is a great healing tool. Uh, it's or a key, and again, it goes back to that faith. But I also look that we have the tools around us to be able to uh, accelerate that healing. Work in conjunction with the natural order; these things we've been given to help us heal and to help us uh, live better. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, next up, we got uh, from a Solomon J. This is like a multi-question deal. Um, how true is the con? So I guess we'll, we'll break it down. We won't go too deep, deep into the answers. Uh, reincarnation we've talked about before, so we don't have to go too crazy. But um, it's kind of three questions at once, so we'll just kind of quickly go through them in three different parts. Uh, how true is the concept of reincarnation? I'll let Ray do this one because i he's i'm a little i'm probably the more iffy one on reincarnation um so i'll let ray take this well you're talking to someone who is a hypnotherapist and one of the things certified in his past life regression so (laughs) bringing up your past lives and viewing them do i believe in reincarnation yes i think that there it is too worldwide a belief particularly in different belief systems for it to not exist yeah 
Um, we are energy or consciousness is energy and energy never dies for us to transfer uh, just on a scientific level to continue on and transfer into another body. It's totally feasible. I don't have a problem with that. I know that uh, in certain religions and belief systems, they have it that uh, you keep coming back and you keep coming back to evolve and become more enlightened so that you can um, move on beyond this plane of existence, taking those lessons you've learned in each life uh, through performing uh, the hypnosis with the past life regressions. Um, I've actually had people who I've taken them back and they brought things up and then they went out. Uh, one person in particular actually went out and explored. Well, they, they remember, they remembered in their past life, a small town in a place that they had never been to in this life. They hadn't even heard about they, so afterwards, they went on the web, they looked it up, they uh, went there, and they went to a cemetery, and they actually found the name that they remembered, and it fit pretty much the time frame, the name that they remembered that they used to call themselves in that past life. So where does that memory come from if it isn't from that life that we're still connected? So do I believe we live more than once? Yes, I do. I believe I believe we come back. Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying you're wrong or nothing. I, I'm just iffy on it. You know, I, I can see both. I can see a skeptic side and I can see the believer side on that one. You know, so I'll let you do that. Uh, next up, I could probably answer the, the next one pretty quickly. Do all people remember their past lives? Probably say no, right? Because uh, yeah, a lot of people that would would spectate would speculate or people that would once you do for the most part once you uh, witness your Unless you're in complete denial, usually you're okay with it, admitting to it or whatever. Uh, next up, why do only some people stay in houses when they die? It's kind of a good question. Um, I guess it could be a couple different reasons. You know, one would be they're just so you know infatuated with that house or that area that they stay because it mean, meant so much to them. Or uh, maybe, you know, they went out hard, you know, the hard way before their time there. So, like, they don't know that they're dead or they, get, you know, where else would they go? You know, that's where they died. So they're not going to go elsewhere. You're not going to go to Dominican Republic Punta Cana Resort, the, night, the good life. You know, you're not going to go live it up there. You're going to have to stay where you're at. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that, Ray? I agree. I think maybe their attachment to the home, whether it's the uh, emotions or things that occurred there, the the life they lived there, uh, maybe something in their life was un, unresolved and they're, they're hanging around that house. It could be, you know, if they passed in that house or a trauma occurred there that trapped them yeah. and they didn't, they didn't fully, they didn't fully pass on. I think that they have an anchor there whether it's a voluntary one such as uh, they refuse to let go or an involuntary one where they're trapped in the energy and the emotion of the events there. That's, that's where they're stuck. I also believe they can be, you can help them move on, but I think that they unless that happens, they're stuck there for a long time until they're ready to move themselves. Yeah, I'm down with that. I agree with that. All right. Uh, next up. Uh, from Tom M. 
how do apparitions appear to us? Uh, like what, 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 this is a multi-question as well. How do apparitions, how do apparitions appear to us? Um, uh, actually, this is all kind of one. How do they appear to us? What are they made of? Uh, he had a theory himself that they were water vapors. And uh, I remember I brought up something like that on one of the last episodes where we were talking about ghost ships, I believe, where I think it's just an uptwist. So to answer this dude's question, I'll go back to that, where I think it's just like an uptwist. You know, there's like tornadoes that happen within the ocean. Um, it's a real deal. deal. Scientific. It's scientific. And um, so the water will kind of get whirlwinded up into the air. And then I think with the mist in that water, I think um, the way the light hits it through the sunlight and, you know, you, you, people do say they see weird things uh, with, uh, with all the water mirage type stuff. So a mixture of that and all that is, I think, what you might deal, catch with that. But a, as for apparitions, um, when he says it's a water vapor, I think he's trying to kind of debunk it. You know what I mean? Um, where I think uh, I do, I believe that some apparitions are for real deal, real deal, holy feel. Um, but, uh, what I think they, you know, you could either say the paranormal way of, I think they, what they, what they could be would be, you know, ghosts, or you could say the scientific thing, what he's going for is their kind of, uh, vapor type deal. Um, or maybe he thinks that they just kind of, that's all they can, they, they, all they can transcend to in this realm is a vapor type deal, which I think you even brought up on show before, on the show before, where when, he, when all these half, when you see a half an apparition of somebody, where you see like the, the upper torso floating without the legs, that, that you think that that's kind of an element of them not being able to fully, you know, um, like propel themselves, project themselves into this realm in full form. So you can it's almost like a faded picture where you, you only get what you, what you can get out of it type deal. You know what I mean? What you can see. What do you think, Ray? Um, I think the apparition is, is the energy of the spirit, the energy yeah. of, the, of the person that's there. Now, what, what we see is the projection of that energy. It's similar to, um, you know, you use a, uh, the old style projector, putting a light through a lens yeah. uh, and through a film there, they're projecting now it takes a lot may take a lot of energy to do that which is why sometimes why they're fuzzy they're out of shape or partial is they have to draw energy from somewhere to present to us so that they can be seen um are they water vapor i don't think so um too many of them are too detailed uh they move in ways water doesn't i was watching a uh, documentary yesterday and it had some films of uh, a film that was taken in Gettysburg where it looks like a person is walking. And they had a scientist on who was saying, oh, but near there, there are some swamp and you have swamp vapors and the light hits it right. And uh, they often have a lot of methane in there and that will ignite and it causes a glow. And so there's no ghost. Yeah. But I watched the clip carefully and it was the shape of a person. It had a gait. It walked. Its arm swung. It wasn't uh, swamp gas. That, even though it wasn't crystal clear, it was recognizably human in how it moved in its, in its shape. Now, that to me, when you would talk about Gettysburg, that's more of an energy imprint, a strong energy imprint on a battlefield because there were graves around. Yeah. But you, 
you take that same energy on an active level, like a haunting, that the person is now using to project the image of themselves, to kind of solidify it so you can see it or receive it, whether it's in your mind or through your eyes, or even sometimes on a camera. Um, I think it's an energy imprint from whatever it is on the other side trying to be known. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So yeah, Tom. I hope we yeah, we hope I hope we answered your question. I think we did within there somewhere. Um. So you know, full steam ahead, Tom. Full steam ahead. Um. Next up, Sean B. How did you first come across the demons are aliens theory? Very nice. Um. Want me to take that one? Sure. So I first, the demons and the aliens theory first kind of, I was probably deep diving on the YouTubes for that. I want to say it was Art Bell. Um, He has this crazy episode, a lot of crazy episodes, but he has this episode that's probably one of my, probably my favorite Art Bell episode of all time. We're going to get into it on one of the, one of the, one of the shows eventually, but um, where he has somebody call in that used to work for, the space program or something like that. I think it was, and was just fired. Um, and he's now running across the country and he starts telling art about, you know, that the government knows that they, that they during the, the first, during the early space station stuff, they were out there trying to make contact with things and they made contact with something. And, what they thought it was like an alien life form, but it was really like some interdimensional, like demon type weird d- deal. And the whole idea, and then like they got the, the, the phone cut off, and it was just very weird and uh, very much how I feel like it would have played out if it was, you know, real. Um, so that, that, that kicked off my whole interdimensional deal. Um, and then. The demon things just that came off with YouTube videos with, um, you know, there was some YouTube people that were putting together that whole thing, um, how it was just aliens, you know, the whole alien thing was just demons tricking, like you'd see a lot of triangular shit that was like demonic, you know what I mean? In the same way, aliens ships were demonic, and it was uh, people look up to the sky. These people who come, it was like a false god thing where they come from the sky. So I got into a whole of all this really interesting, like you know, uh, theories on why that was that, and you know how it'd be easier for a demon to to, to get you to believe in an alien than it would be to believe in a demon. You know what I mean? But even though you're believing in something, it's still soaking up that energy. So like there was some really good interesting and i'm a sucker for interesting i love it um very interesting theories on you know uh aliens in fact being demons so that's what sparked it for me and i do but i i took the question because i do believe that i think i i approached ray originally with the idea to that show right yeah um with me it goes back to first questioning late late 60s early 70s when I was in college, um, I signed up for a course. I think it was called philosophical psychology. Yeah. And like first day, the guy, he has the, the old viewfinder, that little plastic thing. He used to slip some slides into a look at the light. Oh yeah. I remember them. Okay. He said, okay, everybody. And he had us hold 
We had, he had all the students hold up the, the slides. He said, what is that in your hand? I said, the slides. Is that two-dimensional? He says, yeah. Put it in a viewfinder. You see a 3D image. He says, now what do you see? Three dimensions. Now take it out. What do you see? Two dimensions. He said, this class, what we're going to do is you're going to learn to question everything. I love There's that nothing, teacher. Nothing is not as you appear. And just very quickly, he said, okay, how many here own a car said okay uh for something to uh to be real to be a reality it has to have a function okay what's the function of a tire to turn was it function of a spark plug the spark okay put them together in a car as soon as you call a car that's not a tire it doesn't turn it's not a spark plug it does it because it's a car now Mm. a car is a concept of interacting identities and realities and it was like, we're sitting there going, oh, what did I sign up for? <laughs> yeah. But at, the same, at yeah. the same time, I had a bunch of friends and we used to, we were also a lot into like uh, Lovecraft and horror and different things. And I started to take that mentality and look at it and started to go, oh, wait a minute. And I was also a science geek. That was a weird combination of things. Yeah, But I, I, I started to look at things and go, wait a minute, if there are dimensions, then anything from another dimension to us is an alien. So, and I've started to piece together dimensions, aliens, a demonic thing from the, is, is also an alien. And also, well, going back to what presents and is not really what it presents. Oh, wait a minute. They could, like you said, convince us that uh, they're actually nice by appearing as a little green man, because that's what we want to see. And I started, my mind started going crazy. <laughs> and that, that was the beginning of my mind going crazy, starting to question everything and put all these odd things together. So, oh, we're interdimensional. Oh, aliens. Oh, demonic. Oh, and then putting them in together in different combinations and asking myself, what is it? What is it? What is it? What could it be? And that's when I first started to think about that. That, uh, yeah, aliens could be, whether they're from another uh, if they're from another dimension, another dimension is where demons come from. They could easily be demons uh, trying to trick us to follow their agenda. And that other dimension is, if you believe in it, um, drag us down to hell. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always believed heaven and hell to be different dimensions. But the whole, the, the believing in the multiple dimensions, you know, in Earth, uh, you know, here, it's always, it's kind of a new new element that I've been the last couple of years I've really been diving into, you know, you know, insomniac, of course, to go back to our film that that dives into, you know, interdimensional demons, you know, um, that movie was kind of spawned off of like around the time that I was really getting into that uh, interdimensional deal. So I really vibe with that. Uh, Anybody out there who isn't hip to any of this stuff we're talking about, definitely get hip to it because it's super interesting. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for facts or you're looking for entertainment, that's always a good good road to go down to to fit, you know, to, to, to get both of those things, kill two birds with one stone, you know. Um, you know, next up, let me see here. We, um, yeah, so we got, next up is uh, from Liz B. Uh, do you want to be a ghost or reincarnated? Who should, who should attack that question first? Uh, I believe I've done the reincarnated thing several times. Uh, 
if I could know that I was going to get out of it, not be trapped there forever, I wouldn't mind tapping into the ghost thing and see what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, my deal would be uh, I'd probably want to just transcend. I mean, if I had to, if I had to, I'd, I'd want to go to a spiritual realm. I'd want to go to like a heaven, like a heaven type place almost where, uh, you know, I don't really quite, I don't know if I believe in what heaven to be in the, in the books, in the good book, like with the golden streets and the mansions and stuff. I don't know if I quite believe that deal of heaven, but I do, I believe it to be a warm, comforting place where you, you're with your loved ones type situation um, of energy. Suppose you were suppose you were forced to choose between those two reincarnation or ghost. I guess I am right now. I guess at that point, if I had to cho- choose between the two, I'd probably go reincarnation because it's living life again. Where I f- almost feel like being a ghost is almost a prison type sentence, where you're kind of forced to re re be in you know be in a certain place forever. At least with the reincarnation, you're being born into into, into possibility. You know what I mean. Um, as a ghost, I don't see a future in a ghost. That's a good name. That's a good t- t-shirt right there. There's no future in being a ghost. Um, the but yeah, I'd, I'd probably I'd go with reincarnated and having another go at things than not being able to you know just being stuck in the same in the same hole. But suppose you could have another go and thing on things from the other side. Suppose you could be that ghost that helps people, that opens their minds, that helps them in life. So, but not necessarily a negative haunt. If you could be there for people from the other side to open them up and to move them along and help them that way. Like if, like an ABC TV show from the nineties, <laughs> like that, that could be that. And yeah. I probably want to be something like that. If I could be, if I could be an ABC TV show from the nineties and like have an edge, have a, an author funds really leather jacket, but still go around and help people. I'd be down with that. Um, and I can say witty things and, I could light birthday cake candles when no one else was in the room. You know what I mean? I'd be all about that life. Hell yeah. Um, at that point, yeah. Like if you, if you could definitely guide the, but then that also goes into the question. Uh, what if you could be reincarnated into uh, the life of your dreams? You know what I mean? True. But I think being a ghost to me, the options there is like you, you that real nasty person comes around. You scare the crap out of them. You play with them. That nice person that's there struggling, you help them. So you you can kind of go along and interact with these people, mostly helping them, and the jerks, you just scare them off. I'm going to have to be human on this one. <laughs> Stick to my human side and say that, unfortunately, if I if I could have a life as a, a happy ghost helping people, or I could have, be reincarnated into another human life of having – you know, the best life of all time, I'd probably have to go with the best life of all time, unfortunately. Um, but I'd still try and help people um, with the best life of all time. You know, so yeah, my take is I'd probably, depending on the, those, depending on the circumstances would, would de- decipher my opinion. Um, so I guess I, well, no, I guess reincarnate. I, I picked reincarnated all across the board, I think actually. So probably go reincarnated on that. I think that, uh, you know, if you could be the helpful ghost, then you're a spirit from the other side helping people. Maybe if you do that for a few centuries or however time is measured there, which is, I'm sure, different than around here, 
maybe it, that could be part of your ascension. That could be part of your enlightenment because you're doing it from the spirit world. You're a helper now, a spirit guide, so to speak, and not just a ghost. And it probably wouldn't be a bad existence to me. I'd, I'd go with ghost. Reincarnation is a gambling man's game, Ray. You know what I mean? You got to roll the fucking dice. Blow on the dice and roll them dice on that. You could be living a king. You could be toilet paper. All right. So next up, um, we have the the big. This is a this is heavy. This is a heavy question, Ray. This is heavy, kid. You ready for the heaviness? Oh yeah. Is God real? Should I attack or you attack? How you go first? I'm curious. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. God is real. God is real. Whether I don't know what the what his face would look like, his or her face would look like. I feel like it'll be more a ball, a big ball of warmth and energy and happiness, and you know, um, and, and and when people talk about you know rain over me, almost being being engulfed in like a like a I don't know a glow that was just made you feel like a million buckaroos. I guess I, I feel that's more of a god thing than a person. Um, I do think it's, you know, there's a negative energy and a positive energy out there. I do think there's a creator to all this. I don't think that we just happen to have been, you know, a raindrop that fell into a plant that fucking, I don't know, got digested by an animal. I don't know what, I don't know whatever it was supposedly came from. I feel like, you know, we're here for a purpose type deal. Um, I feel like we are, you know, you do have the opportunity to be a, a positive light or a negative light in this world. And if you choose to be a positive light, then you, follow the follow lead and be that positive light when you die as well um that's my take and i but i do think if you will call that the the original big ball of positive like god then uh that's kind of more what i lean towards you know what i mean how about uh you real yes um i'll go several different reasons why um i have seen through prayer uh, healings that have and situations improved that had no reason to be without that intervention. Yeah. Uh, mediumship. I have spoken with and seen com- delivered communications from those on the other side who all, every single one of them are at peace with peace with themselves and peace with others over there and are loving. And if you talk about that peace and that love that they at least during that mediumship. Yeah. Whether it's granted permission to or reached out to to be able to communicate and spread that love and reassure the living ones here. I think there's some greater power to be able to help them do that and uh, a better place that they go to from personal experience with them. And also, if you're talking personal experience, the... uh, when I was 17-year-old, the time I died and had to be revived. That experience is nothing like anything I ever had on this planet and during my life. And I was upset when they woke me up, yeah. when they brought me back. It was absolutely incredible. So is there something bigger, greater than us uh, behind everything? I definitely believe it is. Is it compassionate? Is it loving? Is it beautiful? I believe it. I believe it is. Um, you want to put the name on the divine or God. I'm completely comfortable with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that uh, it's good to recognize something bigger than yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and, a, and a positive deal of it. You know, and there's a there's a spiritual thing. Like I often, because whenever you talk about this, you gotta. I always feel like you gotta break down the religion aspect to it. Where you know, I wouldn't go tell people to go to church because the church itself is something I don't know really quite. It's more of a man-made thing. You know what I mean? Um, they're good people at church. Don't get me wrong, but you know, there's, there's, there's bad people at church as well. Um, I believe in fellowship. If you want to do that with, it's a choice thing. I mean, if you want a fellowship, it's a good thing. It's getting, doesn't need to be in a certain building. It can be you with like-minded individuals in your living room or in your backyard back when you could, you know, gather and, um, you know, just kind of all like-minded people talking about the same deal in a positive light. Um, but I definitely believe in, I, I think, you know, people should have some type of spirituality in their life. Um, whatever it may be, you know, uh, definitely on the same page of the, you know, do as, do as thou wish, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you know what I mean? I think when you hurt, hurting people is where, you know, you got to stop that and come to an end on that type deal. But you, people can kind of vibe with whatever they want to vibe with as long as you're not causing harm to other people. If the idea, I mean, I mean, if even if people want to cause harm to themselves, you know, and I don't mean go hanging themselves up or nothing, but people that choose to drink and smoke and do that deal, do things that are bad for them, eat bad. You know what I mean? I mean, they have every right to do that. You know what I mean? But they get, no, that's a circumstance that they gotta, they gotta deal with those circumstances when they come type stuff. So I'm very live and let live, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, everybody should have a spiritual, I feel, you know, I'm not preaching. I, I have a spiritual, I, 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 you know, I get a spiritual deal, but I think it's, it's better to have, it's better to have that kind of thing. You don't really out, you don't have to put a label on it, but just kind of know something else is out there in the air and that it can work with you or against you. You just got to kind of figure out how you want to maneuver it. So you want to move into the next question? Okay. All right, my friend. Uh, were you happy with my answer? <laughs> were you happy with it? That's I was fact. happy with it. Well, I just want to make sure there'll be more episodes of Mostly Ghostly. <laughs> I was happy with it. It's it's one of those things you could talk for hours about. You know, I mean, there's there's so much to talk about within that question. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe we'll dive deeper at a later time with the full episode on it. But uh, that is a good Liz, good question. Um, it's a very common question, but good question. You know what I mean? All right, next up. Oh, actually, that was Mary. Mary Kay. I gave Liz B credit for that, I think. Mary Kay had that question. All right. Um, next up, our, uh, Robert S. in the building. Uh, what's the worst part of dying? You want to take this one first? I've talked about this before on the show. The worst part? There's two bad things I could think about dying. Well, two bad things? What are your bad things? The two bad things is... One, well, first, the first off is the worst. You know, my I talked about before. What happens to your body after you die is the worst part about dying. And then I guess I would second up is like there's loved one you not being able to see your loved ones for a little period of time. And I do feel that you do see people when you die again. I don't think that it's the end of the road. I think it's the energy thing where you're all back. You're all back together as energy uh, in in the embrace of each other type deal. Um, 
but but it, it is unfortunate not to be able to see certain people for a period of time. You know, the people you love that, let's say somebody said, hey, you got to go away for a month tomorrow and you're not going to be able to see the people you love. That's going to affect you because you love these people. I feel it's the same deal with death, even though one day you'll see them again. I got into a discussion, actually got into a discussion recently with somebody about death, um, you know, how different people react to death and who, you know, not, not, not saying there was a right or wrong to it. Um, but, you know, there was a certain situation I heard where there was somebody that heard that they, one of their loved ones was sick, a parent. And that person, that, that person whose parent was sick passed away kind of mysteriously. So the question brought up was, did they like, were they so sad about that situation that they did, they, you know, they did something. Um, and it was like, it's like, does the, you know, there could have been different elements involved, but it's like the, the pat, the passing of a parent, you know, putting it, put, you know, putting somebody over the edge like that, which you hear about a, a lot, you know what I mean? But it's like, I, I, I it's, it's open for debate. I guess it all, I feel it all kind of goes to where you believe, where you believe, what you believe the afterlife is. If you feel that, you know, it's all black and, the time you have with people while you're on this earth living is the only time you'll ever have with people that I could see that being more bleak when people die. And it's like, Oh man, like I wish I had time. I kind of look at death. Like there'll be like a continuance, like, yeah, like, like, like if a friend moved to France, you know, to move out of right now, I got a, I got a cousin that just, he's living in Australia, I believe, you know what I mean? Like I don't see him, but I know I'll see him again. So like, you know what I mean? I kind of look at death almost like that, where they're going away. It's sad because you're not going to see him for a bit, but you, you reminisce and, you know, but I feel one day you'll see him again. But I guess to someone that doesn't have that outlook, it'd be more bleak where that's when you really question the time you have. And if you had opportunities, opportunities you missed or whatever, like then I can see that being, um, you know, laying in heavy. You know what I mean? What's your take? Well, what happens to the body after death doesn't bother me. Be, bother me because it's an empty shell. Yeah, I know, so. but it still upsets me. I look at my as I look at myself right now, knowing that I'm going to turn it into a black trash bag at one point, does not satisfy my uh, my happiness at this moment. Well, I look at it as I'm not going to be here. Yeah, because it's it's just the body. I'm Even not. I'm I not going yeah. to be here. Even though I know that, Ray, I'm still affected. And, you know, whether that's weird or not, I don't care. Whether, you know, I know the deal. I know the deal. Like, I know that you're gone and you're not going to feel nothing. It's it's like when you're sleeping and you, you're oblivious to everything. It's going to be the same deal. Um, but I still don't like the idea of the, this flesh, this suit that I've wore for at least as of today, 37 years. I've become very accustomed and very fond of the, the suit. Um at least to the point of when it goes and when, when it falls apart, I'll feel bad for it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like an old friend. It's like, you don't, you know, you know, that, you know, you know, you can't keep around forever, but when it leaves, it's still sad. You know what I mean? Well, you know, that old jacket that's really comfortable, you reach your, you get to a certain point where there's enough holes in it and it's not doing anything for you. Right. You kind of, you kind of miss it until you get that new one and it fits real good and you're warm and, it, and it's really nice. And then you go, nah, I don't really miss that old one anymore. That's true. That That is kind of how the body is, though. You know, you had a lot of fun with it. It's like a car, like, you know, your first car or something. 
you know, you had a lot of fun with it. Then when you gotta when you gotta get rid of it, you still kind of feel bad. You know what I mean? You're still like, uh, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, and then, that, then you start start smelling the leather in the new car. You rev it up a few times. You get down the road and you go, uh, don't miss it that much. Ray Ray's skin is crawling at the thought of all this right now. He, his skin is so furious with him right now. It's like, damn, you cold, motherfucker. You cold, brother. Hey, we're still, we're still one now, so calm down. Uh, no, I think, I mean, the worst part for me, is, particularly if you're going slow, yeah, is the realization that you won't be there for your loved ones. If you have family and if, let's say you have children and stuff, it would probably be the worry, will they be okay? Yeah. What will what will happen to them? To me, that is the worst part. Uh, the physical trauma doesn't bother me. Um, when it did happen to me, it took 20 minutes. It was a slow thing. I started losing different senses and going cold and not hearing. It's, it was a, a process that at the time I actually, I don't know, maybe because I was young, I thought it was kind of fascinating. I did realize what was, might be happening. Yeah, but even that that doesn't bother me. Bother me. It's kind of being able to let go and know that uh, my loved ones will be okay. Yeah, that they will continue on and that they'll they'll be okay. To me, that would be the most difficult part. I mean, yeah, if if suddenly someone you know uh, you walk into a building, and someone sets off a bomb, then I guess the worst thing about it is that split second when you're torn apart before you lose consciousness. But yeah. outside of some outrageous situation like that, it would it would really be the worst part is worrying about as do sometimes uh, being still in this body, the yeah. welfare, the welfare of family and loved ones. Yeah. And at that time, letting go of that and trusting that they'll be okay. That would be the worst part. No, I agree with you 110%. You know, I can say, I can say honestly, 110% honest right here. Like the two biggest worries I would have about having a kid is one, passing before it was old enough to be able to handle it and like not you know and be able to me be able to teach it what I wanted to teach and need to teach and all that good deal you know what I mean like I'd hate to I'd hate to do that because you see that a lot you know you know I'd hate to like I feel a kid needs their parents both of them in their life and that would that would be a fear I would have I would hate to I would hate to leave them missing a father and missing somebody to kind of help guide them a little bit that's a, that would be a fair, uh, heavy fear. It's a heavy fear. So I, I feel you on that. That's got to be it. And family, you know, my niece and nephews and stuff, I like to be there for them. You know, it's one of those, you know, because I know all the older folks, you know, everybody loves everybody, you know what I mean? So that's the hard, that's why I said the hardest, you know, it's a toss up. You know, I don't, I don't dig what happens to the body after death. That horrifies me a little bit, even though I know I'm no longer there. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, just you're not being able to see people. And, you know, that's 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 that, that I probably have to say if I, I would de- I would deal if I knew everybody was straight and cool and could be we're at, a, we're at an age where they could handle it and not be like deeply affected by it. And I had time with them. I would take I would let uh, I would I would accept terrible, god awful, even w- worse things than regular to happen to my body after death if i could get be promised everybody be cool and happy and be able to deal with it and cope with it cool and not be you know fucked up by it so with that being said i move on to the next question and um that question would be 
You know what I mean? Um, what if you uh, What if you die and it's all black? That's from a gym. All right, Jim. If uh, I guess I'll answer this real quick. Uh, my take. I don't know, man. Uh, if we died and it was all black, I guess it's not the worst thing that could happen. I don't think it would be that way. Um, I guess, I mean, it's there, there, there's more far-fetched ideas than that, of course. It's, um, you know, that it, 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 the, if the, you know, I believe in the energy thing, so I feel like there's some type of deal after death, you know what I mean? Um, where people can gather, uh, where people they care about and the energy, you know, energies, they can be bodies and such, but there'll be the energies, the things that make people, people more than just flesh, you know, personalities and all that stuff. I think that's like the soul. So like, I feel like that would gather somewhere, but if, if, for, if, if, if it was just to go all black, uh, I ain't going to hate that. I'm not going to be angry at that realistically. Cause, um, it's peace. You know, I think that, uh, you know, for a long time, you know, for a long time, I felt that 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 was the deal. It went all black. And then the idea that with it all being all black, the idea of heaven and hell would be that while it being all black, you're left with your conscious conscience. So if you were, if you lived a bad life and you were like a bad hombre and, uh, then your hell would almost be you looking at your actions and being like, you know what? I could have been good, but I chose to be bad and be negative energy and be something that was like not a positive thing on this earth. And, you know, I left the earth a little worse than, than it was when I arrived type deal, you know? And then if you were lived your a good life, then you, you know, you had the positive glow of knowing, Hey, I'd done good. I was a good guy. I was nice. I tried to help what I could, you know, uh, the whole deal, I felt like that's more of the deal. And I still kind of feel that's the deal. Um, but with an energy, I don't know if it's all black. Uh, you know, that's 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 questionable. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if it was all black, I guess I'd just have to go with, uh, I'd be happy that it wasn't more of a hell. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure all black, if you were in it, uh, would be kind of hellacious eventually. But um I don't know. I mean, I think that we can transcend. I think maybe all blackness could be a part of hell where like, if you don't, if, if you don't transcend to that higher realm, maybe it is all blackness and silence and that in itself could be hell. Just nothingness. You know what I mean? I think that all the, I think that all, all, all waking up to all blackness, if you would, would be maybe, maybe a, a state of hell. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. What do you think, Ray? Well, I pers- don't personally believe that it's all black, but if you're talking all black, I'm equating that with nothingness. Yeah. And if it's all nothing and it's all black, then your only legacy is how you lived now. So what that does is tells you that what you're doing today in this moment is the most important thing. And that's the legacy that you're going to leave behind sure. and how well you live because you don't have anything coming after this. So you have to live it now if you you believe that it's all black or it's it's nothingness. I don't. And believing that it is more, I want this to be my trial run or my practice for living better and for being better to move on in the spirit world. So either way, I'm believing it's this moment 
what you're doing and how you're living really doesn't make any difference whether it's black or not. That's what counts right now. Yeah. And uh, if you've done that well and you leave that good legacy, then if it's all black, your legacy lives on in other people that knew you. And if it's not all black, hopefully you can continue that legacy in the spirit world, whether it's uh, through reincarnating and helping again or moving up to either a higher level, uh, maybe helping from there or achieving enlightenment. Yeah, get more creative and leave stuff behind. Booyah. Uh, he said, what if? So I almost feel like he, he's a believer in something as well. And he, he wanted to throw a what if out there. So, yeah, my, the, the take on that whole deal is just be good. Just try to be a good person. <laughs> Because in either either outcome, you, uh, being bad is uh, I don't know something you don't want to deal with. So just try you know try and be a positive deal, try and be a positive thing in in this life for other people and even yourself. So you know a lot of people have issues being their own worst enemy. So just be positive. Try and be positive all around, and maybe you being positive outward would help you be more positive inward and vice versa. So um, well, I mean. It's, it's- if if you take the Buddhism, which is living in the moment. Yeah. So if you live in the moment and you're showing love and compassion, it's almost like an eternal moment. What comes afterwards doesn't make any difference because you are here living the now, living it in love, living it with compassion, living it fully. And you're spreading that among people. And black blackness, nothingness or not, it's a way to live. It is just just the way you live, and whether it's black or not is insignificant. Because where are you? Well, I'm here now, right? And the, the now matters. We got two more questions from our close pals over here, from our pal Buddy B. I think uh, I think Ray knows Buddy B. He's oh yeah, been, he's been directed by him once, once or twice, maybe. His question is. And with Buddy B fashion, there's some comedy to this. Do all dogs go to heaven? Uh, but he also said serious, dot, 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 seriously. And when I talked to him, he said it's a, ser- it's a joke, but it's a serious question. Uh, of course, all dogs go to heaven is a play on, I think, a you know, Tristone, Tristar uh, animated movie of uh, the 90s, I believe it was. Um, but he says it's a serious question. So... Do dogs and cats, or I guess I guess we'll lump them together, but I'll, do dogs go to heaven? And um, I'll be quick, and I'll let Ray go into it. They're living, so they have souls. They're living, they have personalities, they have souls. I assume they would transcend to somewhere. Um, the true question is, do dogs get their own heaven, or are they mixed with, like, a human spirit? Or do you think all... Because I feel, real quickly, I think you do agree that dogs would go to heaven, right? I'd say yes. Do you think it's the same heaven that everybody would go, all animals and people, or do you think that it would be broken up into different heavens? Well, if you believe in reincarnation, you believe you can, uh, there are certain cultures where in reincarnation, (coughs) excuse me, you can uh, reincarnate in different forms, and that includes animal forms. So So the the, the soul passes on not only from people, but also into other forms. So everything has a soul. So the soul in its purest form, whether it's from a person or from a dog, in its purest form, uh, if there's a heaven, would go to heaven, just as a person would. 
because it is it is a soul. It's a sentient being. It's an energy. It's a soul. So it would move on as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting take that you people would graduate. You know, if they started out as insects and worked up from you know animals into humans, or you know, flipping it like that. It's interesting how there we have these different species. Which, realistically, if you were to look, if for, for the first, you know, if you're the first person to never see a gorilla, let's say, um, you never seen a gorilla, a shark, you never seen these things, you would think it was an alien. You would be like, "What the hell is this?" You know what I mean? So different than a human. You know what I mean? Well, I also think that, I mean, if you take, unless, unless you're the type of, and you do have people that abuse animals, turn them mean, et cetera. But if you take the the nature, and I'll stick with dogs, if you take the nature of the dogs, they are very loving. They're very loyal. They're very protective. They're, uh, they're not mean by nature. I mean, who's to say that's not a higher form than uh, we are? I mean, that's a philosophical or theological debate, but, you know, who, who's to say that isn't really a more enlightened form? Oh, look at this loving, loyal thing yeah. that I have here that doesn't judge me, just loves me. That, that's a pretty good state to be in. I agree with that for sure. So, yeah, I think uh, we think, buddy, we think all dogs do go to heaven. All right, bud. You'll be good. Take your vitamins. Maybe you go to heaven one day, too. Um, we have one last question from Alex H. Um, if we, I think we all know who that may be, but we'll keep it with the, the H to keep him. So let him know he's a real person. So he doesn't get a big ego about him. You know, uh, his question was, uh, with, um, uh, sleep paralysis. It kind of evoked into that where, um, his question was, if you were, like when you go into sleep paralysis, you have these really dark, these really deep nightmares, and you see these monsters, if you will. Um, what he goes, do you, he asked. He was curious. Do you think that they're like these monsters are, are are entities from like a higher place, or do you think that they're just imagination? Uh, I think they potentially are entities from another place. I think that in, in that altered state of mind where the body is uh, really taken out of the picture and the mind is free, then you're likely to see these things and you're likely to experience these things, the, the mind and the spirit being unfettered, not held back like it is when you're thinking about it, when you're interacting with yourself, when you're... Uh, doing all of these things. So I think that, yeah, there could be some reality there because your energy and your mind is operating on a different level and it's operating on, on a level that can tap into other worlds. Um, the dream state, I think, is uh, an altered state yeah. where, where the spirit and the mind just kind of open up and a lot more is available to you. So I think that they could be I think often they're not. They're things that we put together in our own mind and they're fears that we manifest uh, when we're in that altered state. But the potential is there for something to tap in when we're weak and when we're open and come in, access us through dreams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. You know what I mean? Um, 
it's going to vary. You know, insomniac that dives into that a little bit too. But yeah, I definitely think that these things that we see in our dreams, and it go the deeper into your dream you go, I think it's the closer to death you go. They say cousins that you know sleeps the cousin to death is something I've heard forever, and it kind of makes sense because they're very close. You know, death's only like a deeper sleep away. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I do think that when you're in these deep sleeps or, you know, like a para- sleep paralysis type situation where you can't move and you're seeing these wicked visions, if you will, um, I do think they come from somewhere. Um, that was a very good question. I was surprised. He's usually a man of good questions, but I was a little surprised with this one because it's multi, multifaceted, you know. Well, there's also, if you take a look at some very old cultures, um, and recall, we're going back to BCE, mm-hmm. and and they're actually modern day prayers that are variations on them, adopted by certain uh, belief systems. But what it goes back to is the old idea is that when you sleep, your soul or your spirit is vulnerable, and not till you're awake again are you really safe. And I mean, you have that old. Uh, child's prayer, Lord, I lay me down my down to sleep. Yeah. I pray my my soul to keep. Not, yeah. If I if I should die before I wake, I pray I pray my soul to I pray take, the Lord uh, my soul to take my soul to take uh, to keep. The idea was that uh, if you were a righteous uh, person, if you were a spiritual person, what you're doing there is you're asking, in this case, God to protect your soul and to, to uh, keep it safe, kind of like take it under God's wing or, right. uh, or God to hold until you, till you could wake up and take your soul back. So the, there was an idea in old cultures that uh, when you were asleep, you were vulnerable and you were out there. And I don't think that just because we're in a techno society that uh, and consider ourselves so sophisticated that that aspect of it has changed that much. Yeah. We may still be very vulnerable in that deep sleep state or uh, sleep paralysis. Yeah, sleep paralysis is something. We should do a show on that one of these days. Some crazy stuff, man. But yeah, there's definitely some stuff out there. I do think that our, our, our dreams open... So the mind's eye, you know, when you, when you got your third eye, you know, when you're sleeping, who knows what's going on? You might be looking through your third eye while you sleep into different dimensions, you know, which is what I think what Alex was going for with the question. And, uh, yeah, I think there is, a little re- there is a little reality to the things that we see. And even if they are in our head, don't we make them real think, believing in them? Mm-hmm. It's quite possible. Well, it's also the thing that in certain Native American cultures, uh, among certain tribes, not only Native American but other Aboriginal tribes, you yeah. have dream you have dream workers. Yeah, and these are people that can put themselves into a state where they actually go into someone else's dream to help them. So now, if you can travel within dreams, what else can happen within dreams? So that that dream straight state is not simply rest. Uh, the mind and the spirit is uh, doing some pretty interesting stuff and is out there. And it would be vulnerable. It could be. Yeah, I'm with it. You know what I mean? 
So uh, hopefully we answered your question, Mr. Alex H. If uh, and all the fine folks that actually sent in questions, you know, we appreciate it. We had a, we had a good amount of questions for this, and it was fun. I thought this was a lot of fun. You know, you guys had a lot of great questions, and we used every question. So if you if if for whatever reason you didn't hear your question, hit us up, and we will hit do it in the next one. But I'm pretty sure we nailed every got one every down. Um. But this was fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this in the future. Maybe not anytime immediately soon. Um, but maybe uh, sometime next year, we'll break this out and, 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 and wrangle up some more questions. Would you, you have fun with this episode, Ray? What do you think? I had fun. What, I, what I'd say to people uh, is that, you know, take a look at some of the past episodes and what they've been about. And uh, you may find some answers to questions there. But also, if you don't see a topic that uh you're really interested in uh shoot us that topic it could become an episode we'll take a look at it it, it could it could become an episode also if you have paranormal experiences if you have a story to tell contact us uh we do this by zoom so we can connect with you and uh you can be a guest on the show it's as easy as that we're very friendly, likable people, I think. So, well, you'll have fun with us, you know, not too intimidating, not too intimidating on you. But yeah, absolutely good. Thanks for bringing that up, Ray. Thank you. It's always good to hear that stuff go out to the folks. Uh, the Facebook page, mostly ghostly. Check that out and subscribe if you haven't already. You know, best way to get a hold of us there. Um, Spotify. I mean, we're on we're on Spotify. We're on Apple the pod, Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Google Play, whatever they call it. We're on like you know ten or so other different podcast deals throughout where you could listen to podcasts. So pop us on there. I'm I'm a Spotify man myself, but um, we're all over the place. Wherever you listen, look us up. Mostly ghostly. Hit the follower subscribe button. You know, be sure to hit up. Uh, Boombastic Media on YouTube. Subscribe to that. We drop a lot of video stuff for all the shows and all our film stuff. And you know, there's a we can go down a hole for hours down there of goodness and fun. Uh, if you want to know anything about us, what else we're doing and such, we should probably get some more. Uh, we should do some some interviews maybe with the podcast folks soon. Get a little, put that up on there as some like bonus material. Let the folks get to know uh, maybe some of the, the the folks behind the show a little more. We'll see. You never can tell. Um, but, yeah, this was a fun episode. I had a lot of fun. I'm already looking forward to the next one, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, everybody out there, uh, yeah, this is probably the last episode you guys are going to catch before Thanksgiving. So, we want to wish you a, a happy Thanksgiving. You know, the, the, as stated when we originally announced doing this show, we're doing this for kind of our Thanksgiving episode to give thanks to all the folks that listen to the show and support. Want again to give you guys a, a way to get more involved uh, with the show. And, you know, you got your, got your fucking questions asked and answered. You get your name shot out. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Um yeah, thank you very much. We hope everybody out there has a great Thanksgiving. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. <laughs>